Sports and Songs podcast. We're on season four, episode number 13. Tonight's episode is sports edition. Uh, it's the baseball roundtable discussion. Andy, how are you doing tonight, Andy? Good, good, thank you. So it is February 5th, 2023. Little, uh, little hot stove we're hoping for here because a couple months – the amateur baseball in Minnesota is going to is, is going to kick off, and uh, practices and games will be going. I'm starting to see schedules being announced, gentlemen, uh, on the web and on Twitter, as teams are getting their schedules ready for the season. The various tournaments are are getting set up, um, so we're going to have a little roundtable discussion and go through some topics here and uh, get your thoughts on it. Uh, here's who we've got on the show tonight: We have Mike Stika, president of St. Patrick Irish, also a board member for. Uh, uh, the Minnesota State Board. Say hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Perfect. Uh, Jason Kirshner uh, is along with us also. Cologne Hollander's president, also a board member. Hello, Jason. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate oh, perfect. it. Perfect. Perfect. Jared Dusky. Jared is the manager, Watertown Red Devils uh, in the Crow River Valley League. Welcome, Jared. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, Kip, Kip Kovar. Sports editor, Herald Journal. Thanks for joining us, Kip. Thanks for having me. I thought we might have a ball game with how nice it was outside today. Oh, yes. A lot of melting going on Throwing here. Throwing the ball around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna, also going to have Town Ball Tuesday on. Rhino is going to be joining us here in a second. He's going to jump on. What we've got is basically uh, a bunch of expertise here in different topics here. Uh, expertise in, in various topics for Minnesota State Baseball. Let's start off with a little Crow River Valley. Uh, that's kind of our home. During the season, gentlemen, uh, we cover DRS baseball here on the show, Crow River Valley League on the show. Uh, they're going to be adding Norwood and West Tonka to the conference. And the interesting thing is there, Norwood played last year, uh, gentlemen, uh, as a basically one year under probation, uh, as it were, and now they've got accepted in. West Tonka uh, originally did not make the vote. There was a revote done, and they're going to be in now. So the traditionally tough Crow River League, Crow River Valley is going to be adding two uh, new teams actually for conference play, also for sectional play. It should be interesting. Uh, any thoughts on that, uh, Kip, as far as those guys jumping into the mix? Yeah, it's, it's fun to see. It'll be really good to see Norwood back in the league. I think 2015 was the last year they were an active member of the Crow, and then they did what they needed to. Last year they played under probation. They played – I think they played all the CRBL South teams and then played a few other games there in between, and they did what they needed to. They came back to the Crow, and they brought them back in, so it's good to see teams coming back. I know there's a lot of teams that are struggling for players. You've seen a lot of teams around the state lose players and lose teams, so anytime you can bring a team back, it's pretty cool to see that. And then West Tonka one's interesting for sure. Obviously, it wasn't uh, welcomed right away, but now they're officially part of the league, and there's a handful of guys in the Crow on that team, so there'll be the rivalries and all the familiarity there. Rhino. So there should be a little, a little twinkle that'll be added, and it should be fun. Yeah, Rhino, join us now. He's from uh, Town Ball, uh, Town Ball Tuesdays. How you doing, Rhino? Hey, good. Can you hear me? Oh yes, yes, yes. We can okay, hear you. cool. Here's what we got on the show. We got Kip Kobar, Mike Stika, Jared Dusky, Jason Kirshner, Andy, and myself here on the show. We're just talking about a little Crow River baseball to start things off. Norwood played under probation last year. Real young team. This is mainly made up of high school guys, I believe, uh, are going to be joining the conference. The tough 
the tough Crow River Valley League. And, and so you're hoping to get a handful of wins maybe for a season. The expectations, I guess, would be low along with West Tonka as well. What's your thoughts, Jared, as far as getting those guys on to the, uh, onto the schedule? Looking forward to playing some new uh, fresh faces. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of echoing what Kip just say, stated. Um, you know, it's nice to have Nord back. They did what they had to do to get back in and proved to the league like everything they said they were going to do they accomplished so it was uh it was nice to see that happen um welcome them back into the league um west tonka we played them twice last year actually so or sorry we scheduled them twice last year one got rained out um went to their place and played once um like kip said there's a couple uh crow river guys on there so some friendly faces um you know within bringing them into the league there was some ins and outs but uh you know now that they're in we welcome them with open arms and uh you know let's play ball once it comes time now uh, pat reagan is he the one taking over there in west tonka the former green isle pitcher you know i don't know who's officially listed as head coach but they have regan and they have uh um teddy peterson over there as well um two good guys so i think they're in good hands over there now, what do you think, Rhino, uh, with those two joining the Crow? Well, uh, it's a meat grinder, so um, that's a tough league to, to to jump into right away. I know um, I actually haven't seen either of those ball clubs play. Uh, West Tonka seems like last year they were, you know, they would show up and and uh, kick the tar out of some people and then kind of show up and, and uh, not really put up much of a fight sometimes. So hopefully they can – uh, you know, get some consistency out of their, their lineup. Um, they're going to need it. Now, what do you think, Jason, as far as uh, from Cologne's perspective? Uh, now, are these teams joining the North or the South? That's another question I've got. So Norwood is joining the South, which they've always technically been a part of in the, in the past when they were part of the league and before they folded. And I believe uh, um, the Mound team or the West Tonka team, sorry, is uh, joining the North division so um from the perspective of of cologne and and being the president of cologne norwood needs to be in our league um they had some unfortunate issues that happened back in 15 and again in like 19 i think they they struggled again they tried to come back but didn't work um they're they're right in the heart of the crow river valley and they need to be in our league I just want to make sure that that uh, we don't set them up as a league to to fail, and I and I think that was the reasoning for why um, the the um, what do you want to say the the limited schedule was allowed for them last year with no playoff experience or playoff of eligibility, um, so that they could they could basically prove that okay we we're young but we we'll, we got enough enough kids to do a roster and do a schedule and, and still, cause it's very important for those young kids that are still in high school to still play that Legion schedule. Um, they, they need that as well as not just playing town team because town team will be there for the rest of their life. Um, they need to play that, that at their level at that Legion level also. So it's, it's going to be good. Um, we look forward to having them come to our place and we get to go there again and we'll see what, we'll see how it goes. And, and uh, we'll go from there. 
Yes, interesting stuff. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Now, West Tonka, I think, was in another conference, or, or maybe they even played an independent schedule. Yeah. Uh, Norwood, I think, played an independent schedule, but it basically was a Crow River, you know, unleaded version, a light version, I guess. But now when the section's going to come up, it's going to be Norwood now officially in and West Tonka when the sections come for Section 7C this year, along with Mayer, who was out last year, deemed ineligible. Uh, so it'll be a full stack for the 7C regional. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. It, it, less less young America, but yes, uh, the rest, what is there, 14 other teams? So yeah, it's going to be... <laughs> It's gonna be a meat grinder. It's a big, it's a big group. It's also fun. Uh, Andy and I do a lot of stuff on the show, yeah. Andy. With uh, we cover the crow a lot in uh, just just fun, fun ball. We've been to most of the ballparks. Uh, Fox Nine has done the town ball with you know at Plato and Watertown and, the, and 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 everything. So at Kelowna, I think a couple times. So it's it's fun, fun stuff. That sectional is always uh, good with and then four teams advancing to the state. And like you said, Jason. Uh, Young America has moved up to Class B last year, so they're not in the section for the playoffs, the postseason, but they are. They do play the regular schedule uh, in the Crow. Good stuff, good stuff. So field updates. I, I know I drove by and I went to the Jordan Mini Met a, a couple of weeks ago and had to go up there and stand on that new uh, party deck, fellas. Pretty nice. They didn't have any updates, I don't think, to the field itself, except maybe behind home plate was the only update that they did. But that second tier, second uh, Rhino, have you been up there, Town Ball? To the uh, no, I have not. And 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 Dan, I'm I'm glad uh, you made it because it's it probably a little slippery over there. So. Oh yes, yes, uh, it, it's slick. It's, it's so it's a full slide a flight of stairs to get up there. It's a railing uh, going up the back, and then it's uh, it's got the you know, it's just a regular party patio up there. But the nice thing is that it's completely covered by the small black netting. You're not going to be watching your uh, foul ball getting getting drilled up there holding your beer. It's it's all uh, protected up on that level. Great advantage point as well to watch uh, from the mini uh, a site that you know no one has ever seen watching a ball game from up there high higher up there on that first base line. I thought the the view was great. Uh, just yeah, just I'm excited. Feel. It's a it's a it's a great setup there. They're going to put. Uh, the rail in all the way around that four-sided piece there to hold your uh, drink or your, your food and your cheese curds, whatever you got there to eat. So great environment up there. What they've got, uh, what I wanted to point out is if you look behind you there up there at the Minimet, you get a great view of the old 1880s brewery. And so they they built it that way on purpose up there to get some uh, great sight lines of not only the field, but be directly behind you across the Highway 21 there is the old brewery location and it's uh and they're going to trim down a bunch of trees in between there to be a great view of, of both of both things anyone else been out there uh on the panel here maybe Mike. Uh, has stika been out there at all what was it oh i uh you know i've not i've driven by many times i drove by uh last evening matter of fact but uh those guys know what they're doing it's gonna be a great ballpark i know the the backstop is all new the knee wall is all new um that the the views are gonna be spectacular they also have a, a little bar rail i think down the right field line as well more a little bit more lower to the ground versus the one above the dugout but uh 
Jordan, they know how to put on a good show and they know what they're doing there. It's going to be awesome improvements to an already great ballpark. So that's it's going to be fun to see. Yeah, farther down that first base line, before you get to the bullpen, there's another uh, like a step or two up on a patio, just a couple steps up. But another rail, great spot to watch the view from that side. That part is not covered at all. There's no no netting in front of that piece. Got to pay attention down there. But uh, that upper level is a sweet spot to look at. They did move that the 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 backstop. I think there's a six foot difference. I think from the previous years, it's either moved up or back. It's only it's only six feet, but that'll come into play with the with the knee stop, uh, uh, the padding there as well. So that'll everything else there in that stadium is the same. Uh, you know, Bond and Field there, Mike with St. Patrick uh, last year really was the talk uh, of everything for last year's season playing underneath those LED uh, lights there at, and they did a great, great, fantastic job there. There's also new things in the work, I think in the works the next couple of years with you heading up those, uh, those plans as well. That's always fun seeing the updates. What one team that you never heard of is St. Bonnie, St. Bonnie missile park. I don't think there's been updates there done for years, except maybe the right field wall gentlemen, but, Boy, the dugouts, the dugouts uh, have been demolished, rebuilt concrete dugouts. I drove by there the other day. Uh, I think they're 45 or 65 feet dugouts. Do you know what they are, uh, Rhino? How, how deep I, they go? I, uh, I think there's 65 with uh, storage on both on both ends. And maybe and maybe Kip knows. I think I think they're 45 foot dugouts with a 20 foot storage space. Oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And to make it a total of 65 feet. And you know what's really going to benefit there is Crown College plays their home games yep. there. And that's part of the reason they did the upgrade there. Uh, but it'll be fun for the local the local St. Bonnie team, um, you know, in the Curl River to get some nice expanded dugouts. Uh, that's going to be nice to take a look at those um, uh, as well. And in, in the future, they've got plans a couple of years down the road for, for grandstand and, and additional uh, things going in there at nice. St. Bonnie. But that's another younger group. Fun baseball for the young guys there, uh, but the, that'll be a nice setup uh, there. Anything else? I know Cologne, Jason, they did some outfield work there, um, not to the wall per se, but to the uh, to the outfield grass. Yeah, last uh, last August, I guess we started it early August. Uh, we re redid the entire surface of our outfield, um, leveled it off, brought in some, raised it up to. Um, only a 1% grade versus a 2% grade going out to right field for drainage. Um, and then in addition, we put in uh, a, a warning track for the first time um, and then seeded everything in the outfield there. And, and the grass came in very nice last fall. Uh, we're very optimistic with the heavy snow cover that uh, that grass is going to be very good coming into the spring too. So it's, uh, that was it was a uh, a good project for us, necessary project to get that back up because there was there was some swales and and stuff like that that were forming out there that uh, we needed to get taken care of. So, yeah, and Cologne's got the party deck already, the new scoreboard already, so they're set. But that outfield would be nice. Is there any other field that we know of yet in the Crow River that don't have a warning track, or is that the last one? Does New Germany? New Germany does. They do. Huh? Anyone else, sir, do you know of, or our Kip that do not? Winstead does. I think everything, I think Cologne was the last one there, the grass right up to the outfield wall there. I think Green Isle does too. I didn't realize that. Oh, no, Young America doesn't have a warning track. Yeah, Young America doesn't. Yeah. 
Okay, at the old park there. Okay, yeah, not many of those left around. That'll be nice. Uh, nice to see. Any other uh, updates that you guys can think of, uh, uh, Mike? Uh, even in, in the DRS, as far as field update repairs. Yeah, I know uh, in in Webster they're working on an irrigation project. I believe they actually put the irrigation. Um, product in the ground, if you will, this off-season in preparation uh, of getting a well and water out there at some point in time. But I know Webster's working on that. Also locally, not in the DRS league, but uh, somewhat nearby. I know last fall, Bell Plain, I believe they regraded their infield area and uh, some of their baselines as well to minimize some, I think, some lip issues and whatnot that they had. So I think they did that last fall, a regrading of that. Um, I don't know of anything else that's coming to mind. But no, it, it's it's important. And a lot of these ballparks they're they're reinvesting into their into their facilities, and it's uh, it's living organisms. These these parks are are living. You're trying to maintain um, what is kind of going against you over time. In some cases, you know, like you said, regrading and whatnot. But um, it's not always just the off-field facility pieces. It is actually the the playing surface itself that we must reinvest in. Well, and, and to, to jump on top of that with you, Mike, um, both Bell Plain and, and Jordan, are your fans will be able to, to check out those parks next year in 24 for the state tournament as well. They're, they're two of the hosts for the state tournament next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun stuff. Okay. Now, speaking of the state tournament, our next item on the discussion topic, gentlemen, is they announced... Last October on the 8th, uh, Class A and B, the tournament, you know, the state tourney for A and B classes will be combined for this year coming up on the state. They just announced that. You know, C, I think Class C draws all the fans. Uh, and B and A have been kind of on the outs. And, and I'm, I'm not sure if that made the decision or how all that came in, but I'd like to start with you, Kip. How is that going to be changed here this year with all these teams now heading out to Dassel, Delano, and Litchfield? Yeah, it'll be interesting because A especially has been – they run their own kind of thing. Like, obviously, they're still under the Minnesota Baseball Association, but they kind of take care of things. And when you, like, bid, you're not bidding the host class A, but now coming forward, you're going to be – you're going to have that A and B combination, which will make things interesting. But it, I think it's a good move overall. It definitely is kind of a, a move I didn't see coming this quick, but I think in the long run it will be a good move to kind of move everything of amateur baseball into one site and – I think C is definitely has been where you're going to get the most fans, obviously with the small town teams and the following they get. But I think class B has taken off a lot too, which is a good combo. And if you can throw a into that mix and get them a little bit more popular, I think it'll be a good move overall for everybody. My question, my, my next question is, you know, typically in the past few years, only 16 teams make it for class a and 16 teams make it for class B. Is that, is that just going to be then merging them together for a 32 team tournament um thoughts on that uh rhino uh we got a board guy here isn't it <laughs> is that that i i my thought was it a, was a 24. jason you're the you're the veteran Mike, board, you're jason, the veteran board guy. all right all right so so yeah the the board the board and mike did a lot of this but the board did uh um talk with both the b and the and the a teams to get some feedback on what would be um, maybe most appropriate in the in the early uh, sense of, of this combination, this merging of the A and the B. 
So for, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Mike, but for this year and I believe next year, we have the, the new class and we're going to call it class B going forward um, until something else changes. But for right now, it's going to be class B. But that, that tournament is going to be a 32-team single elimination tournament for the next two years. Correct, Mike? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, but like you said, both those classes have been coming from a situation where they both had a 16 team state tournament. So now with A and B merging, like you said, it's going to be 32 teams. Um, we, we talked to, to the old class A teams, if you will, and the, the old class B teams. You know, what was their feedback? We talked about perhaps a 24 team state tournament with the top seeds getting a bye the first weekend. Some people like that. Some people didn't. Um, and and. From my perspective, I felt that 32 teams made sense. There's There were 32 teams making a tournament from those two classes in the past. And so that's something that I thought would, would be a good thing. And other teams kind of jumped on, too. There was some feedback that, you know, those Class B teams would love to play twice a weekend. Currently, they're playing once a weekend. But to, to get a Class B tournament where you're playing twice a weekend, if you were to win, we would need five state tournament fields, not just four. So... We're, we're already upping a, the state tournament number of fields from three to four with this move. So the first weekend of the Class B state tournament, um, I believe it's been announced that we're going to be using uh, Waconia for eight games that first weekend of the Class B state tournament. And then after the first weekend, we'll fall back and just use the, the regular three fields, Dassel, uh, Delano, and Litchfield. But uh, I think it's, it's going to be a good thing uh, in the long run. Obviously, class class A, their their players and their fans and their teams, it'll be new for them or somewhat new for them, uh, moving away from uh, Palm Field at St. Anthony. But uh, I'd like to get those those fans aware of what our state tournament is from a B and C perspective, and uh, and get those folks out to these these fun ballparks and uh, kind of envelop them into what the NBA has had in Class B and Class C. There may be some some really, you know, bumps in the road, if you will, but we'll look at it for two years and, and see how it goes. Now for the, for the newer listeners out there that, that may not follow uh, this in depth as much as we do, typically class A is really known as your, your 494, 694 ring teams inside the, the Twin Cities metro area is really where they play for class A. B is somewhat in there as well, but it's also the other bigger schools or a bigger bigger towns uh, that have the criteria to be at a B level. Uh, this tournament would not alter their regular season schedule. It's still, their scheduling would still be the same. Um, they would still have their uh, their conference tournaments and, and whatnot, but it would just impact, and maybe not even the sections. Their sections are still at, would advance by winning in the number of teams advancing out of the sections to the state. The only thing different then would be the state tournament being in class B and then taking you, the teams and their fans then to on the road, essentially to wherever these teams are located for the, uh, for the state tournament host sites, which would be new to them rather than just playing Palm field and St. Anthony you know, yeah. uh, falls, uh, St. Anthony village, you know, all the games at one, one site. It's going to be fun to get the, get the fans out there a little more driving involved for these guys, but I think they'll like it. Yeah, and to your point, the the sections will remain the same, and the class, the old class A leagues, will be their own section, and every section will send four teams to the state tournament, 
each section can run their their tournament any way they so choose, just so long as they have a, a tournament or a playoff such that it sends four of their teams to the amateur tournament. Okay, good point. Good point. Because some of them I know have a you know best of three. Um, some have a you know pool play round robin, uh, but they do send four. That's right. I did not know that each one of them send four teams to the state. Okay, so that all that stuff will stay this that will remain the same i see mm-hmm. and then when they get to the state then they'll be commingled and like you said mike is it going to be for the first two years a single a straight single elimination bracket for a and b yeah so that'll be that'll be somewhat new there will be no uh double elimination in the class b state tournament in 2023 and the plan for 2024 as well so we're kind of shaping this up as a, as a two-year trial, see how things go, good, bad, or indifferent, and then we'll, uh, on the fly, you know, make some changes if we need to in the future. So a be- little beta test uh, for a two-year test to see how it how it works. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Now with, with A and B, you have we're kind of segueing in the next question. Some teams do move up to B, like St. Patrick is this year with the scheduling. What, what, does, what makes a team have to move up to B? Uh, Jared? Um, I believe it's, I mean, again, you have two board members on here that are going to be far more qualified than I, um, <laughs> I'm trying to avoid this, uh, this part of it anyway. Uh, but, um, I believe it's 45 points, um, Mike and Jason, right? Correct. 45 points. Correct. Um, counts college, college level, each kid outside of your radius gets points and then it counts your school population or school district, uh, Again, that I've been around a long time and that's been tweaked a couple times. And, um, you know, now it's finally, um, I would say, starting to work. Have you, if teams get those points, they're moving up, or some teams are dropping below those points and moving down. Um, the board's done a good job with, you know, handling each situation how they see fit. Um, so, We'll see because more changes, I believe, are coming, um, you know, like with this A and B. So, you know, those two guys are, are great board members, so they'll um, handle it how they see fit with the rest of the board. Well, Jason, what is what is a point for those new? What, what, what's a point? So um, as as a team, there's there's three different uh, point categories. OK. Um, you you have your success points, you have your player points, and then you have your population points. I'll start with the population points. As a as a manager or as a club, um, you can choose between two different population points. Um, you can either choose the city that your park resides in, or the school district that your park resides in, um, and then you get uh, one point per every thousand. Um, population in that population center so and it and it rounds up or down from 500 you know 500 or above you you go up 499 and down you go down um but round rounding is is part of that deal too so um if you choose your city population now you from that point you then look at your and this gets kind of complicated but i'll try to dumb it down as much as possible um <laughs> Then, then you look at all of your players on your roster, okay? If any of those players have a ad, an address from their contract that is outside of, in this case, the city, 
Um, and they also played at a college level or higher, major league or minor league baseball also. They get um, points added to your team's point total. Um, so those points are if you only got – if your highest level of play was JUCO, junior college, you get one point. Um, if you played NAIA or Division Three, you'd get two points. If you uh, play at Division Two, you get you're worth three points. Division One is four, and anything associated with the Major League Baseball, so uh, even a minor league affiliate to one of the thirty-two um, uh, pro teams, that is a five-pointed player. So after you figure out your population center, and then how many player points you have, you have a number. Um, in addition to that, then we have the success points. Um, and currently we, we have a five-year look back. Um, so how, how did you do as a team in the last five years? Did you make the state tournament? Did you win the state tournament? And um, each, the class C and the class B currently have different point systems. Um, any in class C, you can get anywhere from two to 12 points, um, two just for getting into the state tournament and 12 for winning it all. Um, in class B, six points just for getting into the state tournament and 18 points for making it to the final four. Um, so you add all of that together. And if you have, if your team has 45 points or more, you are considered a class B team. Um, and if you have 44 or less, you are considered a class C team currently. How is that? Sounds good. Yeah, it's, bit. yeah, it's an interesting thing because uh, we get questions uh, as far as, well, they, they got a couple guys that played uh, D1, but uh, you know, they were on the bench. They, didn't, they weren't part of the successful team. So how can they get the same points as a D1 who's the star of their team? The point here is, they're on the roster regardless if it's D1, D3, Correct. D3. We don't care how many innings they pitch, uh, what they hit, how many plate appearances they had, or how how vital they were to that team. They still get attributed those points just because yeah, it's, they're on that roster. Okay. As, as soon as a player is on the roster after April 15th, um, whether they play an inning or not, their points count. Okay. Now, how does uh, the other question I get a lot is. Uh, some teams are loaded up with former college guys that played, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Nothing to mm -hmm. do with anything recent. How does that come into play? That's a good question. Um, so the the player point totals, um, once you reach the age of 35, uh, those player points fall off. Oh, interesting. Now, I didn't know that at all. Okay, very good. That helps. Yep. That helps. Yeah. Well, their early eligibility is gone, Dan. Yes, I, I can't play them. That means because uh, my minor, my major league background. Okay, well that's very good. That's interesting because so those are the points. That's how the criteria works. That's how the points work. And there's 281 amateur baseball teams in the state of Minnesota. Are, are there not? And every team has points, or is this is just B and C, or C is separate and and, and B is separate? You said all, a, all the teams. All the teams have acquired points. Um, okay. Uh, from as low as one point to almost 200. Gotcha. So, wow. So this is, and this might be a question here for the guys on the board, on the state board is, is from an administrative task to tally these up, 
uh, is that a big task? Is there a separate subcommittee that that does that, or do the teams just turn in their numbers and it is what it is? Or who's monitoring? Um, there who's monitoring there is a there is a separate subcommittee, um, and uh, Mike. Mike and I, well, Mike will have his first go around on it this year. He's, he's on it. Uh, myself, I've been on it since I've been on the board with a couple other guys. Um, and our current computer system, um, we use score monsters for doing this, um, tabulates the, the necessary points for us. So we don't have to, we don't have to necessarily go through each team, um, and scour their, their uh, roster, uh, the the program itself uh, helps pull that information out. Uh, that doesn't mean that that every manager has done it correctly. Um, and I have coached a lot of managers in the past few years on um, on making sure that they do have their number correctly. Um, sometimes people had too many points that they didn't have that they were reporting that was not necessary. I see some, some didn't have points reported correctly that they needed to have reported. So it's, it's, it's all a process. And, and, uh, you know, obviously the teams that are closer to that 45 number are the ones that kind of get more, um, eyes put on them, I guess, to, so to say. So here, now here's a question is you know we typically hear teams that are on the verge of, of moving up you know last couple of years it was young america you know sobieski uh and now we're getting st patrick is there any is there any news that's made of, of teams dropping down to class c that now the or, or, or ought to be down to c does that make the news is that a newsworthy thing or does that even happen sobieski did yep yeah sobieski is the only one that moved down um they, they moved down. up they moved up for a year or two. They were up for two years. Okay. Um, and then they moved back down in 21 and won the tournament and then ended up going right back up to B. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Success points. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, of the, because of the success points. <laughs> running total. Okay. Yeah. And, and speaking of success, you know, uh, Jared there is the, is the uh, uh, manager for Watertown Red Devils. Uh, they've gotten to the final four the last couple of years now. How close – is a team like that also coming out of the Crow River, uh, Jared? Uh, are you inching up to that? And is that something that the team wants to 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 get to that level, or are you hoping that uh, some of the points drop off then, so you get so you stay and see? What is it from a manager manager perspective? Do they want to go up? Do they encourage going up, or do they want to just be where they have a better fit? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And I'm going to come to Mike uh, Steeka next. Yeah, um, I believe we're at like 40 points or 38 or something like that. Um, we went we went on a long run without even touching a state tournament. And then the past three years, um, we've went. Um, our first year, we just, I think we won one game. And then the last two years, we made the final four. So our success has been recent. Um, and before that, uh, hasn't been very good um, in the state tournament or even getting there. So... I, I don't know. I think my views on, on getting moved up and I mean, if you're getting moved up, that means you've been playing well, uh, or you're getting a lot of outside talent that are points. Um, I think my big thing is, like I said, I've been in this, this Crow river league for a long time and I would hate to, um, have it torn apart or, um, you know, not have the camaraderie that, that is town team baseball. Um, 
ruining the integrity of that. Um, I think, I mean, like I said, the board guys do a great job um, in trying to figure that out. Uh, I don't know if there's changes coming relating to trying to keep that integrity of like the St. Patrick's, the Young Americas, um, who haven't has have those teams won it in the past? I know Young America hasn't won it. St. Patrick came close. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. 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 But not won it. Um, if there was a way to keep those teams, you know, in Class C um, until until they win it, or you know, have back to back years where they're in the finals um, with one of them winning it, um, it, I would love to see teams stay in C until. Um, until they win it and then prove it again the next year um, before they get bumped up against the big boys where you're, you're really facing the, you know, uh, where points aren't a problem where you can recruit um, the talent from basically anywhere. Um, Cause your points don't really matter once you're up unless you're trying to get back down. So, I mean, that's my views on it. Uh, I, you know, us, Watertown and Young America have some of the best rivalries. Um, you know, we don't play them anymore, and it, it feels like it's missing. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you don't like playing them, but you love playing them. Um, so I'm sure everyone has those stories. Um, it seems like when they're missing, when they're not in it, it's it's just a little different. But, um, you know, we try to stay in C. I got to work some you know, some points, see where we're at, um, and then see where it takes us after that. The goal is to win, so you never want to not win. Um, that's what this thing is all about. Um, like So, board's hands after you win, you know. Yeah, I got one question on that about points, uh, Mike. Yep. Maybe Jason said this and I missed it, so I apologize. He says, anyone on your roster is points, but that doesn't include players drafted for the playoffs, does it? Correct. Draftees okay. do not do not count. The only way they would count indirectly is uh, if they are pitching and you're winning state tournament games. They are indirectly uh, adding to your experience points potentially. Okay. Again, very much indirectly. I see. Okay. Indirectly, yeah, okay. Because they go into the season already knowing what class they're their in. Experience by points their experience points, but they're winners. Their winners. Okay. Draft comes after the sectionals are over. So yeah, that's an indirect piece. Now, uh, you know, Jared had a good point. You know, how much time then as a as a manager or GM, do you spend kind of doing the math to see where you want to fit if, if you're getting too close? And this is where Mike comes in with my question there. Uh, St. Patrick's been in the hopper there a couple of years straight as, as being very close. Now, the DRS is different because Elko and New Market both are already B teams. And now the schedule is still the same, but you've got these you know other teams playing. Now St. Patrick's going to join them and move up to B. Thus, going back to the draft, um, there will be no draft out of St. Patrick going forward. You go to the state if you make it with your team. That's it. There's no draft. So how do some of those decisions come into the mix uh, for you in particular, Mike? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start off by saying that this is a, this is a lightning rod issue. And, <laughs> and each side is very much um, open to debating it and, and thinking what is best for them. So I'll, I just want to preface it by saying that, that each team is different. And the BC thing has been a debate in Minnesota amateur baseball since the beginning of time, you could almost say. So 
this issue may, may be with us forever in the future as well. So I, I have no illusions that there is a perfect um, solve for all this or that every team fits into to a same bucket of what they should or should not do. So kind of with, with, with saying that, um, the situation that St. Patrick is in um, is you know, there's many different variables that affect us maybe similarly or differently than others. So St. Patrick is uh, between Prior Lake and New Prague, we're near Jordan, we're near Lakeville, there is no St. Patrick High School. And so historically, we've always grabbed some kids from here, kids from there, kids from here, kids from there, different school districts, different areas, and that's how we made our team up. Over the past handful of years, we've certainly added a lot of talent, we've had some success, and um, and we're we're all in on this Class B thing. Um, we, we are open to it, we're gonna see how it goes, we're going to try and add some some more talent, some more talented players. And uh, like you said, for us, it's a little bit different because we're, we're playing New Market and Elko in our section who have been longtime DRS League foes. And so that kind of helps us out. Uh, section one has some some really great talented teams who have some really good following um, from their fan bases. And so we're looking forward to, to going to those ballparks and having those fans come to St. Patrick and. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. To your point about you know budgeting, so imagine uh, you're you're a family of four and uh, you have to budget before you go to the grocery store and you have to make some tough decisions. You know, do we do we buy the ribeye steak? Do we you know do we sign that Division One kid, um, or do we just uh, this is maybe a bad analogy, but do we just go with the the value brand and 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 maybe just uh, sign some players who played some high school ball or some Division Three. Now, as you move to Class B, or as we move to Class B, the the budget is somewhat off the table. And so if there's a player that, that wants to play for us, if there's a connection with some teammates on a college team, um, we can we can go out and, and get that player because, quote unquote, there is no, there is no budget. So uh, that kind of releases our hands a little bit on, on signing some of this talent. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this publicly and I've said this privately to people. We're going to experience it uh, in the next uh, year and a half, two, three years here for St. Patrick. The pluses, the minuses, and the you know the in betweens. We're going to experience it, and so in three years, I think I and St. Patrick will have a better understanding of how it worked for us. And again, I have to say it that way because every team is different. How they're made up, the location, their their league, where they're playing, everyone's in a different boat, and one size does not fit all for trying to get into class B, trying to avoid class B, you know, trying to stay in class C, et cetera. So um, that's kind of my, my summary on that. Would the, would there ever be a team? And this is an extreme example of a a GM saying, you know what, we're coming up close. We're we're close to points. You know, I'm going to have a talk with our second baseman and hopefully he won't join the team this year because he's going to push us over. Maybe he plays somewhere else, sit down and talk and say, you know, we're going to cut you to stay under. No, that's the extreme, but do, talks like that ever even happen oh, yeah. yeah i mean for st patrick we we literally had a bunch of guys meet in my garage last winter and oh, really we, and we sat down and we said I've always what wondered that. Yeah. what's that yeah yeah what do we want to do um you know it was it was a matter of do you want to cut your buddy your teammate and not just one of them but maybe three or four or five of them oh, yeah. and pretty much to a man the, the teammates were like no we're we like our teammates we want to stay together and uh, and we're not we're not cutting we're not cutting people we want to we want to stay together 
that, again, that's a good that's point. how it worked for St. Patrick. I'm not saying that's how it should work for everybody else. But, um, yeah, the discussion was certainly had. And uh, the, the team wanted to stay together. And that's the that's the path we're on. That's awesome. That's uh, I had to throw it out there because I, I, I always thought about those conversations uh, as far as how do those take place. Now, we follow – I like to look at the teams moving up each year just because it's of interest to me, you know, who, what teams are moving up. Uh, is there a list of, of changes? Maybe Town Ball Tuesdays knows this. Uh, who else uh, is moving up from C to B this year? Or is there only St. Patrick? That's the one I – the team I happen to follow, for instance. But is there a whole five or six other teams that we're not aware of here? Or is there a public published list of people moving in the offseason? I know that would take place in the state board meetings, but for the, yeah, for I mean, the rest of us out here, is there any kind of a publication that makes that, that announcement, like a press release, for instance? Meeting minutes. Ah. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, a press release, but we have the the list of, of teams in the sections. I, I believe, yeah, St. Patrick's the only team that is new that is moving up from C okay, to B. Gotcha. There's, there's certainly some new B teams that are forming. So there's the new Shoreview uh, team. Uh, Krista will be a new team. Okay. So there'll be there'll be teams that are also joining Class B that are um, uh, just kind of startups, if you will. Yeah, startups. Okay, interesting. But again, yeah. Yeah, so follow, if I could jump in here quick, guys. Yeah. The, if um, on the state website, we have a criteria page that gives the the spreadsheets for all the different classes, which we currently still have it set up as three classes, um, but that it gives the criteria points for each team in those classes. And you can see exactly how many points all any team in the state had at the end of the 2022 season. Awesome. Awesome. I'll check that out. They do have a pretty good site for, for some things and, you know, they're limited and, you know, on some other things, but that's, that's a good one to check out to, to know that uh, I've been kind of following that myself the last couple of years to see who's, who's close, who's on the edge, who's on the bubble there. And um, kind of, kind of fun to follow that. Now, speaking of, uh, you know, we got the A and B tournaments. We've got these guys, these teams that are just stacked. This is more of a question for, for town ball is, uh, in the past, they had the draft to beef up some of this, some of these, uh, you know, weaker, weaker teams to, to get other teams, uh, additional guys on their pitching. Uh, we, do you see in the future, maybe the state guys will know this answer as well. Will the draft ever be just thrown out because teams already are already stacked? Most of these teams, <laughs> they well, don't need the additional pitching. You're only drafting in C. Only in C um, and only pitching yeah. only three. Okay, yep, yep. yep. But is, is that something that's even going to go away? Because a lot of those teams are even stacked. Or is that always going to uh, be there? You, you have so much trouble getting through Labor Day weekend without I see. draftees. It's... Gotcha. Well, it's like picking the Pro Bowl team for football. No one wants to be in it either. They, well, that's... They yeah. and this and that, so even the good players aren't eligible. And I think what they do is they opt in. They have to actually opt in in the pool, in the draft pool, per se, for that correct you know, section to say hey i'm available i can make it but you're right if they got vacations and things planned um they'll just opt out whereas the past they would uh be on the team and they, they may show up or not for the first couple weekends or not it, it, it was a crapshoot you never know if the guys would uh would be there or not you know who knows but uh, i guess i got a question for kip on that you not not having a team or being on the board so you're kind of the no horse in this race thing are you a fan of the draft or no uh, I am for sure. I know the really the draft topic got brought up in 2021 when Sobieski didn't use a single pitcher of their own and ended up winning it. But 
there's always the extreme of two sides. I mean, you look at Watertown, they didn't ever use the draftee in their last two tournament runs. But like uh, we said before, we, when you get to Labor Day, if you just have a couple arms, it's going to get ugly. And I personally don't want to see their left fielder come in and throw 50 mile an hour fastballs and have a 15 to 12 game. But, and I think it's just, it helps build the league too. I know the crow is just stacked with pitches that don't get to the playoff. And then all through the regular season, you're trying to beat you, but then guys want to join a team and make a playoff run. And I think that's something where it kind of sets other leagues apart where you get to dig into that pool of talent where maybe the guy from New Germany is not going to go play state tournament, but he'll get a couple innings. And I think that's good for a league and you, you beat up on each other all year. And then when it comes to those four teams that come out of the league, they are all rooting for each other and they want to be a part of something cool like that. Those runs. I, I think for the fans too, that are coming out to the state tournament, um, you know, that are coming out maybe to cheer for, you know, their, their team or their, their region or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, you're getting out there and you see, you know, you see Kingry playing with, with Bird Island and, and the kind of run they went on with him. And, it, and you know, you want to see the, you want to see the, the, the best talent that you can out of the state tournament from a fan perspective and from, you know, so yeah, there's all, there's always going to be these situations where teams kind of get lucky in the draft and they, and they ride a guy a little bit more than, than maybe would be ideal in the, in the, in a purest sense of, what town ball is, but it's, it, it makes things interesting. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. One other uh, uh, argument for that is to, uh, to say, Hey, let's do the draft, but those players are ineligible for the first two weekends. They are only going to come into play on Labor Day weekend uh, and not to be used on those opening two rounds. Uh, Get them there the next, the first two weekends, with your roster and then insert those guys to be used um uh, labor day only weekend has that ever been talked maybe at the state level or not that also is probably another lightning rod topic mike yeah go ahead mike or maybe you don't yeah i mean it's it's certainly been bantered about jason you may know if there's a more specific discussion about it um in meetings or whatnot but uh yeah it's it's certainly a debatable topic Things will ebb and flow over time, I'm sure, as well. Um, some of the reasons why the draft, you know, was was instituted years ago may not necessarily be the case today in today's amateur baseball culture, or, or it may be. But um, could certainly debate it. I, I could certainly see that being an argument that's worthy of discussion. Um, I'm, I personally, one of nine members on the state board. I'm, I'm fine with the drafting class C as it is. Am I? Am I totally stuck on my opinion? No, I, it's, it's something we should always be thinking about. Yeah, in the past, they used to, I remember too, they, they would have the catchers. You'd also be able to draft catchers because of the depth. You'd deplete your depth uh, over the Labor Day weekend. Now it's just pitching only. But we've seen that in the past where they get the catcher, not necessarily to catch, but then get that bat in the lineup, and then the things really started going sideways. So uh, that was not in the spirit of things uh, either. But interesting yeah. discussion. So we got the state tournament coming up this year. Yes. 100th annual uh, Delano Dassel Litchfield. Um, except Waconia is going to have the first round for uh, A and B. Um, with the schedule coming up, uh, it's going to be kind of a, for you, Jared, the game's in Delano, kind of a second home game. Local fans down the road there. Are you kind of looking forward to maybe home field, but not really advantage for the games at Delano? Is that kind of exciting in a way? Um, 
you know, it's it's cool that Delno and Dassel and Lich have it again. Um, right now, our focus is we got to make it there. <laughs> um, yeah. Tough, tough, cruel river. So um, never want to say, hey, yeah, we're looking forward to playing in Delno, Dassel, Lich. Um, um, that's the goal. But uh, as alluded to before, the the crow is a tough, tough lead to get out of. So if we happen to make it, um, yeah, I mean, Delno would be uh, a heck of a game if, you know, if we made it, if we got a game in Delno, um, I'm sure tailgating would be taking place. Yeah. Um, the fans would make the little hike and, you know, might just roll it right into the next day maybe. Yeah, the bus would be down there, the flag would be flying. Right, right. That's the hope. That's the hope. And Kip, very close for you as well. You're going to be looking forward to this state tournament, right? Yeah, Delano and Dassel are two of my offices already throughout the summer. And then Litchfield, I I always feel that's the one park that kind of gets left out in the area that people forget about. But Optimus Park is really nice. They had the region tournament there last year for the Region 12 and the North Star League. And they had that thing looking good already. So I'm excited what they're going to do. And just three great parks and then three groups or organizations that just have great people. Every, I mean, you see these three parks in the state tournament bids every couple of years and they deserve it. Um, we were talking about park improvements last year. Delano had that uh, outfield party deck that if you haven't seen that yet, you got to check that out. Dassel has some of the best like entertainment and food that's going to go along with it. And I'm really looking forward to that. I know they're doing a lot of things for the 100th event. The NBA's got some stuff coming up. I'll be kind of helping out with uh, Delano and Dassel and Litchfield again on media and kind of coverage as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun and one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Should be a good time. Yeah, yeah they've got the logo all done. The website's all set to go. Now, Rhino, you go to the uh, state tournament uh, every year for many years, I think. I haven't. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and while we're talking about, you know, Watertown and, and St. Patrick, let's be honest. Like, it doesn't matter if it's in their backyard. You could put the state tournament in Winnipeg, and their, their <laughs> fans are going to be out there tailgating. You know, oh, yeah. They, they, those two squads travel. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's spent a lot of time uh, at state tournament games uh, the last several years, so. Uh, it's always a, a highlight for, for you know, my summer and, and, and Marty's, of course, and then all the other miscellaneous characters that ride along in our adventures. So um, with, uh, yeah, Delano is definitely, I mean, with, you know, with it being 100th and with the, the great work they've done right. in Delano, uh, that, I mean, that the outfield party deck is... We got to get a look at it last year during the Federal League playoffs, and man, it's it's going to be it's going to be great. And yeah, once again, obviously, Dassel always a treat to go to Dassel. Um, Litchfield is a great park. They, I think, that what the 2016 I think it was the last time I was in it was in Litchfield. So, or the last time they hosted the state. Um, so you know, obviously, some some uh, improvements and changes to the ballpark there uh, since then. So that, that makes it even better. Um, Optimus park, home of the blues. That's a, that's a, a pun. I always kind of uh, enjoy but <laughs> awesome. awesome. Exactly. All right. Yeah. It should be a good time this year. Yeah, that'll be fun. We've uh, Andy and I have uh, placed our ad for the uh, upcoming. We want to be in that booklet. We, we, we're going to sign up to do some advertising there uh, for that state tournament booklet to be in there. It's going to be good. We've uh, submitted that information already. So we're looking forward to that. Of course, Labor Day weekend can be a blast. Uh, the weekends leading up to it, of course, 
nothing much better in Minnesota than a little state tournament action. So uh, that that's fun. Anything else you guys can think of here on the panel for uh, discussion items that we may have missed for the show? Well, I was just going to uh, jump in there. You said advertising. I mean, there's there might be an opportunity for you to have a have a rolling scrolling ad on the state uh, NBA website too. Awesome. I think we can know a couple people who can go. Yes, we you might. You might that. just do but that. It, but, it, but it's fun. We did the uh, we did our advertising for the first time here in the Region Seven uh, C tournament, and yep. uh, we also advertised in the uh, in the World Series for the Over Thirty Five. Uh, baseball world series in the state of minnesota this year so we're getting out there we're, we're doing more shows like this to to uh raise the awareness of uh of this great state we're in uh with, with the plethora of baseball um but that's all we've got here for the discussion topics unless there's anything more we're we can jump off here and look forward to doing something similar to this uh next year as well can i plug one thing quick yes, yeah go, go ahead. ahead plug your website so I got I to gotta shout out Ryan Grahams and the Broughton Bruins for what they're doing this year. They're going to put together the Town Ball Knocking Out Cancer event. And it's going to be three teams from the Crow and three teams from the North Star League. So Broughton's going to play Dastical Cato. Plato's going to play Delano. And Watertown's going to play Hutchinson. That'll be Saturday, June 10th with all games at Barney Tanson, or Barney Tanson Field in Broughton. So that's six really good teams a really good ballpark a really good atmosphere and then a lot all the proceeds are going to be donated to the randy shaver cancer research fund so worth it to come out there and put that one on your calendar i'm sure i'll be out there all day for all three games and big yeah, crowd we'll people in, to see out there yeah we'll be in touch with ryan grams about that because uh, broughton's got a great great team uh great ballpark. great ballpark we've dropped the info on our social media also yes and uh grams is going to put you know do a good good deal there he's an amateur guy many years and also uh plays in the federal league now himself uh but that should be you know looking at the matchups for that tournament uh it's going to be really a one heck of a, a weekend for that it's great yep. team there's also the Crow River and North Star League All-Star game happening over 4th of July weekend at Delano, too. So if people want to experience Delano before the state tournament, that'll be a pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, that any of these uh, amateur teams that do uh, All-Star with the conferences uh, or the league's All-Star selection games like that, uh, I don't know if all of them do it. Most maybe don't do that. But the ones that do, this is it's a fun atmosphere to see all-star games uh at the at the town ball level and i did i did notice on the schedules for this year delano has their uh, christmas in july game according to their schedule they listed us as the watertown elves you know <laughs> please god tell me there's no special uniforms for that game <laughs> there are oh, uniforms that say elves you know? oh, oh Lord. The, it's, 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 the, it's, the nike city connect uniforms maybe? can you get can you get spikes with curly little toes on right. the, i mean oh, on. We'll, we'll put those on cheetah <laughs> so bring your cameras to that. He's game. too tall to be an elf, right? right. That could be some fun, uh, fun stuff there. Yeah, they they put on a good show last year. We saw, um, you know, photos and videos. They have a Santa Claus out there. They have you know all the lights and trees, and they put on a little event. Uh, you know, town ball supposed to be fun. So all the kids make their way out there, and little Christmas in July. Should um, be a good time. Yeah, should be a great time. Yeah, the last thing here before we jump off is, you know, the Fox 9 Town Ball Tour is, is such a big hit. Do we know for 2023 uh, the locations? Uh, any guys on the on the state board here, uh, do we know those or does that come breaking out later? News? Is there any breaking news here for who's going to be 
the uh, the slate. But usually they do eight. I would I would love to give that to you, but I don't think Fox Nine has released that yet. I see, I see. Yeah, we we like that. We cover a lot of that in the show. I went to seven of the uh, sites last year. It's a fun it's a fun thing, and that really promotes uh, the communities, uh, the businesses, and gets the family. Yes, it does. Everything involved. It's, it's a great, great thing. Jack Fox Nine is. It, is landed on a jackpot there that's going to be good for uh for years to come all right yeah i i know in cologne it, it was a huge deal for us that, that we we were able to host the first one last year and i i was expecting i was hoping for maybe you know three four hundred people to show up and we figured we had well over a thousand so yeah, those, it was it are, was fantastic those are very very successful uh events well i want to thank each and every one of you for the uh discussion panel being on the panel here tonight guys uh thanks for taking the time off to do this this is good education for us uh and uh, and for the general public all right thanks well, guys thanks, thanks for having us thanks, for having us. thanks. appreciate Thank it you. all right thanks guys talk to you later thanks all right all right, bye. All right. stopped recording here.